0: Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store for you. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to take a moment to share about one of our incredible partners, Awana's new Talk About Discipleship resource. Having many BFFs share with us about their prayer lives was one of my favorite things about the TSF prayer series in April. But one of my takeaways from doing that was that it wasn't quite as easy to have spiritual conversations conversations with them as I thought it would be I know all of you who are parents want to have spiritual conversations with your kids but you don't always feel like you know where to start right me either I'm so happy to have a good answer to that need awana's new talk about feature awana is a trusted organization that has been resourcing churches with great scripture-based curriculum for actual ages and their new talk about discipleship resource is so cool with questions and answers and Bible verses to discuss talk about provides parents and caretakers with the tools you need to to have discipleship conversations that help deepen your family's faith. Since each family and child is different, Talk About also has a wide variety of suggestions for family fun. Kids can draw or act or sing about and explore each week's content in a bunch of fun ways. The resource is available as a subscription for only $5.99 a month with all kinds of faith-filled content for families that will be conveniently delivered via email once you've logged in with your subscription. And my friends, that's you, will receive a free month when you use the promo code TSF, like that sounds fun, at checkout at talkaboutdiscipleship.com. Again, that's talkaboutdiscipleship.com, and the promo code is TSF. Okay, y'all, today on the show, I get to talk with one of my oldest and dearest Nashville friends, Christine Bailey. Christine's an Italian-American Jersey girl turned Christian music industry staffer, turned social entrepreneur, turned sustainable produce and flower Farmer, She co-founded an Africa relief nonprofit called Mocha Club, where she was my boss a decade ago, you guys. Yes, Christine was my boss. And she and her husband, Stephen, started Urban Acres, an organic produce co-op market and urban farm in Dallas. And most recently established Kindred Farm right here in Santa Fe, Tennessee, where they raise sustainable produce and gather the community around long tables under the stars several times a year at unique farm-to-table events called Kindred Dinners. Y'all have probably seen me post from Kindred Farms. It's one of my favorite things to do on Saturdays is go down there. It's just incredible. And so are Stephen and Christine. Christine's the author of the new book, The Kindred Life, Stories and Recipes to Cultivate a Life of Organic Connection. It's a unique blend of personal memoir and spiritual inspiration and cookbook, y'all. It is Beautiful. Y'all are going to love this book, and you're going to love Christine. So here's my conversation with my old boss and one of my dear friends, Christine Bailey.
1: Christine, my former boss, welcome to That Sounds Fun. (laughs) Thank you so much, Annie, for having me. I can't believe you just told them I was your former boss. (laughs) Everyone needs to know. Everyone needs to know that you were my boss for some years while we lived here in Nashville, but you weren't here at the time. So I lived in Nashville. I went to Belmont. Yeah. So I was here in like mid to late 90s. Started Which was kind of my dream time. I wish I had yeah. been here. Did you like go uh, see Dixie Chicks at Station oh, Inn? girl. I saw the Indigo Girls at 3rd and <gasps> Lindsley. Oh, my I gosh. I saw Patti Griffin at 3rd and Lindsley in the front row. <gasps> and oh like my gosh. wept. See? It was like the golden yes. era of like live music in Nashville. Like yeah. we went, I mean, every week like two or three concerts. It was oh so fun. Gosh. Like over the Ryan shows at... Twelfth Importer. Yeah. I don't even know these if that's so tiny there. venues. Yeah. That yeah. are that these huge Ugh. bands. Where'd you see Switchfoot? I saw Switchfoot at three twenty eight performance hall. Oh my gosh. I don't I even think, know. I don't it's think it's here there. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But just so Ugh. many good shows. And that was like my job. So I was working in the Christian music industry. So that's late nineties to early two thousands. And I was doing tour promotion and new album promotion in the music industry What from, bands and, were you working with? Cademan's call a yeah. lot. I worked with their management in Houston and then we ended up starting a whole promotions office here in Nashville. Yeah. Um, Third Day, Jars of Clay, Andrew Peterson, Bebo Norman. Oh, hey, listen, let me tell you <laughs> Let's one of just my have dream. Dream. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am dying to have Bebo yes. Norman on. Bebo come back to music, but please. Please come back to me. <laughs> what I would give. He's like <laughs> right? a doctor now. I know. He's like an ENT or something it, like it that. It's unbelievable. Amazing. Who knew?
0: It, right, and then you're like, I appreciate that you're good at a couple of things. Yeah, but we need your music we back need in your our music lives. Back. Yes, <laughs> I, I hope you're still making money off of what I spend yeah. on Spotify <laughs> because I pull up Bebo a lot.
1: No, I play God of My Everything all the time when <gasps> oh, I'm driving. Yeah, it's like one of my happy driving songs. Yeah, um, and then Hello, the Hammer Holds. Like, oh, everybody's wedding. Everybody's wedding. And
0: the there was one that everybody played at their wedding.
1: I thought it was – oh, was it not The Hammer Holds? A Page is Turned.
0: A Page is That's Turned. That's the one. That's the wedding song, a actually. A Page is Turned. Well, The Hammer Holds is great, too. This is just a Bebo Norman <laughs> yes, fan Yes, we pod. love you, Bebo.
1: <laughs> so you were working with him when, like – Back in the indie When days, I was going to his concerts in yep. Athens,
0: Georgia as a college student.
1: Yes, yeah. And so I I think I'm just a little bit older than you. So I graduated in 99. Okay. And then, um, yeah, you're start- like two.
0: I graduated in 02.
1: Okay, yeah. So. so just right before you, um, I interned in the Christian music industry in Nashville at different like EMI and different labels during college. And then ended up doing that full time after, and oh, so wow. yeah, and so our paths crossed. We just found out when I was doing <laughs> music promotions, and you were still in college and getting like our street team kit. Yes, yes, and like our music samplers of our indie artists, I which had makes made no me idea like so hard because I thought this whole time that you knew
0: that I when no. Grassroots was mailing CDs that I was on that mailing list.
1: I had no idea. Yes. I had no idea. So. Yeah, so that was such a fun time of life. I loved, I loved working in the music industry. Yeah. And, and you then, were married um, to Stephen by then, no? No, um, not yet. Uh, yes, at the kind of the tail end there, we met at this random CanaCut conference in Branson, Missouri. <gasps> oh my gosh! When I really? was yeah, so I had actually transitioned a little bit from music to working in films. So we ran the faith-based street team for the Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson film. Oh my gosh! And the Chronicles of Narnia: Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe movie. So that that's what we ran like the entire faith based street team for that. So that's what I was doing when I met Stephen and I, we had this, I had like a little booth at yeah. the, um, my friend Tara Lee, Tara Lee oh, yeah, was course. with me, my friend Susan. Everybody knows her from yes. the Bible Recap. Yes. And so we were at this like random thing. I was like, oh, I do not want to go to Branson, Missouri this weekend. Like we're just going to go do this thing. But there were all these college students there. So yeah. we wanted to get in front of college students. And um, Shane and Shane was the worship leader. Yes.
0: We just <laughs> so, had them on. They're amazing. I know. Still I love make them. It. Thank so you. Good.
1: Dear Bebo. I Look don't. at this. Yes. Shane and Shane are still oh, making music. Oh, Vintage, that album is yeah. – oh, my word. Oh, I played out. Unbelievable. I played it played out. So there was two booths, mine and this other guy. And so we were the only two vendors at this whole conference.
0: Weird. And what was
1: Stevens? He, so he started a company called 963 Missions right uh-huh. out of Baylor. And they connected people with missions, opportunities around the world and then also did all the travel. So they were at the conference for that. Did you know, would you look at him and be like, hello? You know, it's so funny because I was kind of in a haze at this entire conference. <laughs> I wrote about it in the book because I was in a friendationship with someone else at the time. Oh, sure. Okay. And I had like kind of. Friendationship. Yeah. Terribly, oh, coined that word. Yes. And so I was kind of in a haze. I wasn't like thinking I'm going to meet like my future husband at this, right. at this conference. Right. But I remember him so clearly to this day. I remember our conversation word for word, and it was just – I wasn't in the space to know, like, this was going to change my life. Yeah. But we had such a beautiful conversation about missions and really – I don't know, just something sparked in me that Uh day where I was like, this guy is so different than any other guy I've met. Oh, wow. And so – that seed was kind of planted, but then we went our separate ways after that, and um, we didn't get back in touch for six months later. And <gasps> then it was like, what? Yes, like you didn't talk for six months. We didn't talk for six months. And this is two thousand and this is two thousand four. Two thousand four. No, this is email. This is like sending emails back and forth. So two thousand four. I I ended up leaving the music industry then, and I went to work for Jeremy Cowart. Yes. And I was helping him, our photographer friend, when he was just starting out in photography. Like, I was literally, like, organizing his, like, negatives.
0: I mean, I followed (laughs) you in every step of this. Because I worked
1: for the Cowarts, and then I worked for you at Mocha Club. That is unbelievable. So I started working for Jeremy, and I was like, okay, I'm going through a job change. Send out a mass email, because that's what you did in those days. Yes, totally. Here's my new contact information. Um, I had started my own little website to do, like, watercolor paintings and, like, yes. photography on the side. So I put that email or that um, web address in there. Send it out to everyone I know. And, then and you're was like, of a sudden, oh, yeah, that guy. Yes. I was like, oh, my gosh, that guy in Dallas. I should probably just, like, forward it. Like, I literally said that guy in Dallas. I need to forward this to him. <laughs> so I was like, forward, click, send. <laughs> and, like, an hour later, I got this return email that was, like, this novel of just – beauty like he had he had um you know checked out my website and just kind of like recalled all the things we had talked about at the conference yeah. and then just reconnected and I don't know it just like it just clicked
0: did and you end
1: the friendationship oh yeah I'd ended that before the conference ah uh, you were just hazy and so I was hazy yeah. you know how that I, is I was oh. just like uh you know just kind of in a weird place and so and now looking back though I'm like I remember meeting Stephen in such vivid detail and yeah. all the things that were so magnetic about him then yeah. that made such an impression on me. And it just, for some reason, wasn't the right time for six, yes. more months. Yes. And then uh, that was it. Like that weekend, it was like four hour conversations every day on the phone. And and then I ended up moving to Dallas where he was living a couple months later. So September 2004, I left Nashville. The, the interesting thing that I haven't Zoomed out and
0: seen in your map of life. Yeah. We'll fast forward. Y'all run Kindred Farm. Yes. In Santa Fe. Yes. In Santa Fe, not Santa Fe, Nashville <laughs> yes. or Tennessee. Yeah. Santa Fe. Yeah. You were on the path to be like, you could be a CEO at a Christian label now.
1: Well, you know, I always loved being behind the scenes, I think. Yeah. I loved the marketing and promotion world. And yeah, I mean, I was running the I was running the national office of that. My yeah. my boss lived in Houston still. Yeah. And we kind of did our own thing and um, we're running that on our own. But I think what was always missing for me is I felt like, you know, so after that is when I got drawn into the nonprofit world yeah. with with Mocha Club. But I just felt like I wanted to do more with my daily job that had a deeper meaning. Mm. And in January 2005, I went to India. And that like rocked my entire world. Really? Um, it, I, yeah, I that that changed my entire perspective on life on daily life and what I wanted to do with my time and with my with my career. And so Around that time, our friend Barrett yes. approached me. Who everybody
0: knows from Able, Barrett Ward, who mm-hmm. runs Able now. Yes, at the time he ran Mocha Club. He ran
1: Mocha Club, and so I'm now living in Dallas with Stephen. Okay, but y'all um, had already been friends when you were here. Yes, yeah, so Barrett was one of my old friends from our kind of like group of single friends in yeah. Nashville, and so he approached me and was said, and he said, "I have an idea called Mocha Club, and the idea is that." people would be able to give up $7 a month, the cost of? To yeah. Mocas to support a project in Africa, and he was already working for an Africa relief organization. Wanted to start this new thing that was focused yeah. on college students and younger yeah. people that maybe don't have huge budgets to give. I mean, so many of our friends listening who are Dave Barnes yeah. fans, Matt Works yeah. fans—they remember this time. San-
0: Sanctus Real. Oh my word! Yes. I mean, those were all the bands we worked with yeah. at Mocha Club. Yeah. That when you went to a show, you heard them talk about
1: Mocha Club the mm-hmm. way people talk about Compassion International yes.
0: or Food for the Hungry or whatever. Mocha Club was running with those yep. orgs, yeah. and it was
1: so beautiful because I my my background was in street team marketing in the music industry. right? So Barrett was like, you know how to do this. You yes. know how to go directly to the people and empower them. Because that was our model is we're going to work with artists, which have yeah. had music industry experience. And we're going to work with the people on the ground. Like we're going to go straight to them and empower, you know, Mocha Club members to then host tables at yeah. concerts and talk to other people. Yes. And so it was really beautiful. And I just like I was like, yep, that's it. I'm doing yeah. it like that is so such a beautiful mix of my passions and, yeah. like, my work experience. And so I absolutely loved it. Like, so we basically started Mocha Club together. Like, yes. we're like, okay, let's figure this out. Yeah. And we built it from scratch. And, I mean, literally from zero, we started at a Matt Wertz concert in Nashville – where I got up there and I was like, uh, like yeah. I presented it at the concert. I was like, oh, my gosh. And we ended up with like, I don't know, like 11,000 members by the time yes. I moved on after that. And then in between there, you came yes, you know, like, I came and you? worked for you. That's exactly right. I talk a lot about how Barrett fired me
0: in 2011 when he was like, you have a book coming out. He <laughs> yeah. said, no one makes it big and then quits their day job. You have to quit your day job Oh, my first. gosh. And I was terrified. And he mm. was like, so you've got three months. I'll pay you for three months to replace yourself with someone who's better than you. Wow. And he's the two of you truly are two of the best bosses I ever had. So I want to make an observation Yes. something I'm seeing. Let's hear it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. When I think about grassroots, Mm -hmm. that does not exist anymore. Right. When I think about Mocha Club, that does not exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And now Kindred Farm, you have always been a farmer. You have always Mm -hmm.
1: built something out of nothing and let it season out. Ah This is okay, always been that gives in you. me chills a little bit. Thank you for seeing that. I don't think that's something I knew about myself or I did not know that I was built to create something from nothing. Yeah. And to grow something. I mean you have two daughters. Yeah. You're I, doing it there too. Two daughters, yeah, eight and eleven that we, wow. we learn from home. We we do home learning and love that so so much. What's so cool about my farming journey is I do feel like it's what I was made to do, and I didn't know that. I didn't know that for so long. Yeah. And once we decided to move into that journey, I found myself in ways that I never – I never knew myself before until I started really? becoming a farmer. Yeah. And now I truly feel like, oh my goodness, this has so like been in my veins like yes. my entire life. I mean, that's not like, look yeah. at all these things. Cause I think one of,
0: something I've been talking with friends with lately is what do you do when a dream completes? Not
1: when it dies, mm. but when like Mocha Club, we finished it. We'd like, yeah. And well, and, we passed the torch. Yes. I kind of passed the torch and it went on for a much longer yes. after yes. that. But yeah. And then it kind of completed its life, I guess. Yes. And it did its good, wonderful things. Yes. And I think there's a lot of courage in, like, letting go of something like that, too. Yeah. I mean, you've done it over. I mean, moving
0: cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving out to Santa Fe that is not close. <laughs> you are out in the—you're out at a farm yes. in Nashville, outside Nashville. And it had to be true with writing Kindred Life of, like, mm-hmm. oh, I completed—I've always wanted to write a book. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have told me years ago yeah. that you wanted to do this. Yeah. And now it's—people can have it.
1: Yeah. What does that feel like? That you, this is It feels like another thing you farmed? Is it feel like another Oh my thing? word, yes. Like I totally, first of all, I totally understand when people are like, I just birthed something. Like <laughs> I'm like, whoa, this is way longer. This is like a three year time period from beginning to end. This I know, that's way what we longer. talked about. You're like, do I self-publish <laughs> or traditionally publish? Yeah. And how do I do this? And yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've always been a writer my whole life. I mean, since I was a kid, um, I've written creative writing in the music industry my whole time. I mean, I wrote the first artist bios for, like, Matt Wirtz, wow. Dave Barnes. When they were first starting out, they came to me, and they were like, uh, can you write our bio? <laughs> I was like, sure, I'll do it for a favor. Like, um, Tara Lee, I wrote her yeah. first bio. Lots of artists like that, and then, you know, I have blogged for 10 years. Like, it's just always loved something... your blog. Do you miss Thank blogging? You. I really miss it. I do. I miss the old-school age of blogging. Yes, like, yes. I still have a blog on my website now, yeah. but oh, it was just something so fun about that. It was before, really, social media, and it was, yes. like, blog It's during, how we like, kept up with yeah. each
0: other every day. And, like,
1: every morning, I'd, it. like, Check my little blog list and like see if there's a new post. So fun! I loved it. And you wrote all the updates for
0: Mocha Club. Yeah, you wrote these beautiful stories for all of our projects in Africa.
1: Thank you. But yeah, so I've always been a writer. I feel like it's something I would always do, no matter what. Yeah. If I never wrote a book, I will always write. So when I so we started the farm in 2017. I kind of went through this like huge growth curve that year of like, oh my word, what have I just done? I've like become a farmer. I we didn't know what we were doing the like day one yeah. of spring 2017. And at the end of the season, I'm like, I look down at my my farm boots and I'm like, whoa. Like I've got dirt caked in these soles, I've worn creases in these, and like I have grown so much as a woman. Like I've found a deeper strength, a deeper courage. In walking through that, like in just pushing through those struggles and challenges, yeah. and finding the beauty that came in the middle of it and on the other side of that, and at the same time, I turned forty, and so yeah. I was like, okay, it's time to take this bravery, this kind of like surge of bravery, and yeah. and and go for more opportunities. So that's when I started like reaching out more and going for more opportunities with my, my writing. Yeah, and then I ended up uh, as a co-host of the Simple Show with Tishox Writer. Yeah. yeah, and then. Um, On her blog as a contributor. And so that's like really the catalyst that put me more into the book publishing world. Yeah. So I wrote a piece for Tish on her blog. It's probably the most vulnerable thing I've ever written publicly. It was about body image. Yeah. And that is the piece that caught the attention of an editor who ended up contacting me out of the blue. And I was like, oh, my word. (laughs) This is actually happening. Here it is. Like people have said, it falls in your lap. And I'm like, how does that even happen for someone? Yes. And I don't know. So I just... I always hoped to write a book one day, but I wasn't, like, actively pursuing it necessarily. But what I was doing is just being faithful in in that calling and that, that like, passion yeah. to write and yeah. to do, like, the best work I can and to yeah. put inspiring and encouraging things out there for people. So... Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation
0: real quick to share about one of our incredible partners, Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market where you can shop all the things. We're talking healthy pantry essentials, sustainable meat and seafood, non-toxic cleaning supplies, and clean beauty products, all delivered right to your door. And get this, if you find a price lower elsewhere, Thrive Market will match it. Let's go. I wish I had more time to research and be as thoughtful about what I buy as I want to be, which is why I love being a member of Thrive Market they vet each and every item, so you can trust that if they sell it, it's probably the highest quality available. No endlessly wandering aisles and having to double back because you forgot something. Finding everything you need is easy on Thrive Market, even though they have over 5,000 food, home, and beauty products. Because you can filter by 90-plus values and lifestyles to find what works for you and what matters most to you. Things like plant-based and keto, gluten-free, zero-waste. BIPOC-owned brands, Thrive Market has you covered. Some might say I'm picky about how my cleaning products smell while they're also getting their job done. I call it discerning. But I'm hooked on the entire Mrs. Meyers kitchen line of dish liquid, hand soap, laundry detergent. It's effective and great smelling but also kind of heavy to carry up the stairs. So the delivery comes in clutch. With Thrive Market you're joining a community of 1 million plus members and sponsoring a family in need. They've got fast and free carbon neutral shipping. So you're also doing your part to take care of our planet. Look at you. Can your grocery store do that? No ma'am. No sir. So join Thrive Market today to get 40, oh my gracious, 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash that sounds fun to get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. Again, that's thrive market.com slash that sounds fun. T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Christine. Someone asked me when we were out on tour, we do like a Q&A at the VIPs. Mm-hmm. And in a couple of different cities, people said, what do you know now that you're 40? Mm. And the thing I feel, tell me if this rings true. I feel like you say this a little bit in Kindred Life, but I love it the most so far of all my decades. I love the 40s. So great. But I do feel this like this deeper level of purpose in like, hey, you don't have forever. Yeah. Like, like you've got four to five more decades of mm-hmm. really good work to do. Yeah. My purpose feels, it's not a time, I don't feel like a clock is ticking or anything silly like that, but I do just feel this like, hey, you, you better do what you can do while you can do it. You better yep. go. Yep. Do you feel that a little yep. bit about the farm and about your writing?
1: I do. I feel like I feel like there's not time to waste. And also it's not too late to yes. start something totally new. Brilliant. And that's something I want to encourage people with too. It's like, yeah, you can completely change your life and yeah. rebuild it and do something completely a whole different part of yourself. Yes. Can come alive. At whatever age you are, you know, and um, I put that quote that Brendan Manning quote in my book about um, I don't have it word for word, but like you can't there comes a point where you realize that you can't live the afternoon of life according to the morning program. Oh my gosh. I I've never heard that quote. I love that quote. Because it really is. It's like- Oh my gosh. I the afternoon of life right? according to the morning program. Like you just come to this point where you're like, enough's enough. Like enough with fear, enough with shrinking back, enough yeah. with doubt. It's time to just move forward and like live who I am. Like live yes. who God has put in me and the voice that he's given me. So I feel like The Kindred Life is the book that I've always wanted to write. Yeah. Like it was so clearly realized. My publisher actually said, this is one of the most clearly realized like proposals I've ever seen. No way. Yeah. And I think just I, I've been like writing this book in my head for so long. Yeah. But then when I became a farmer, it's like it brought it to life in a different way. Wow. It brought the story to life in a different way. Yeah. And I really found a deeper strength. And a deeper voice that I was able to tap into to actually put it out there. So, yeah. So, I mean, writing this book was, like, such a growth experience for me. Yeah. And, like, a really supernatural experience writing it for me. Why? I, I don't know if you felt this in writing your books, but... I feel like there are words – I went back. I mean, I've read it so many yes. times now. Oh, am like
0: People are like, do you read your book after <laughs> it comes out? You're like, no, because I read it 72 times <laughs> right. front to back before just I turned it. Just in editing. It, yes, yes. Just in the editing unbelievable. process. Oh, my
1: word. You're, like, obsessively reading it. Yes. But there are lines – there are so many things in there I'm like, I do not remember writing yes,
0: this. Yes. I know. Isn't
1: that just weird and so cool? Like, yeah. And so beautiful that, um, like, I really feel like God wrote some things through me in that book. And I actually wanted to tell you this because I remember so clearly you and Emily P. Freeman being on a podcast together. It was a couple of years ago. And I can't remember if you were on hers or she was on yours. But I was driving a country road in Santa Fe. It's like my favorite, most beautiful country drive road. And I was listening to this episode. And you and Emily were talking about how when you write a book, don't you feel like the book has always existed? Yes. But that you're just kind of the one to tap into it and bring it to life and get the words out there. And I pulled over on a country road, and wrote that down in my notes on my phone. Wow! And this is before I had, the, like, the book Writing Opportunity was yeah. in my lap. But that made such an impression on me because I felt like there were so many stories that I wanted to share and that, like, I have so much. I have so much to yeah. share. I feel like yeah. there's, like, a deep well of things that, like, God wants to express through me. Yes. So, yeah, it was beautiful to get to do that finally yeah. Yeah. in the book. And I do feel like that. I feel like this is just, like, a story that... Needs to be shared, and I get to yeah. be like the conduit for that. Yeah. But I couldn't believe I remembered that. I, no, I, I, I think about that all the time with uh, every book. I
0: think it's our job to find these, not yeah. to make them. They already exist. Because and that, there's a power
1: of story. Like, that yes. is the power of stories. Like, I can read your book and it's like my life is nothing like yours but I see myself in yes, your story Yes. and that's truly like what I want people to feel is this isn't a book just for people that want to live on a farm or interested <laughs> right. in farming at all right. like that's very welcome but like this is a book for anybody who wants to live a life of deeper connection yeah. wherever you are yes. and so like my true hope is that people will see some of their own story in that mm-hmm. and just be inspired to dig deeper and invest more fully where they are. So one of the things y'all like, you talk
0: about a lot in the book and you talk about in real life and live is like slowing down.
1: Yeah. But not in a,
0: I used to be in this fast-paced professional <laughs> world and now I'm a farmer. But it's like, no, our life is just slower because we are bowing to the seasons. Like y'all mm, have mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. You and Steven's lives have to rotate. Yeah. Or even when it snows, you have to change your plans of the day yep. because you've got to get the seed beds in. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep.
0: How is that, changed your life to be at the mercy of the seasons in ways that I am not.
1: Well, yeah, that's definitely true. I have never felt so connected to seasons and just like weather. But yeah, yeah, just the seasons and how they were created in a way that there is a time for really hard work. And there is a time for rest. Mm -hmm. So we're a regenerative farm. So we farm sustainably. That means that we are constantly adding back to the soil every year. And the way that we farm, we're adding layers of compost and nourishment and fertilizer to the soil instead of like turning it all up, taking from it. And like continuing to take a take and take from the soil, oh, got we're it. C- continuing to add back in, okay. add nutrients, you know, so that this is a way that we can take care of the environment for like years to come, yes, and like really yes. be good stewards of the land that God's given us. So that's one of the cool things about seasons is that even the land like needs a period to rest, mm. and in that time, like we actually like when, when our season when is that winter? Yeah. So yep. So late fall and winter. Okay pretty much our whole farm and you can still grow during that season like in a a high tunnel hoop house or a greenhouse but we we tarp our soil so it's covered these tarps with sandbags and it is literally just covered and resting it's like the farm has gone to sleep yeah and we concentrate on other things during that time it's more of like an inward focus you know it's planning reflection how are we going to do things differently next year and really like refueling and recharging yeah. for the spring yeah. which is the time when everything wakes back up and it's like back to work like yeah. literally your hands back on the plow you know and so i think that that is a beautiful thing to live by whether you live on land or not mm-hmm. but i think that that is what we're losing and, and and we're too we are too busy and we don't have time to rest yeah. and so we're constantly in that amped up state and some people, some of us, aren't even taking like a rest once a week, like right. on a Sabbath day, right. which we have to have. Yeah. How do y'all do that as farmers? How do you have a Sabbath day? So our Sabbath is Sunday. I mean, we work a lot on Saturdays because we have our farm store. Yes. On the property, and um, which everyone knows,
0: I love. They've seen me go. So a lot every summer. We every love it when you summer. come.
1: But yeah, so Sabbath uh, Sunday, we Sabbath hard. That's what we yeah. like to say. And it's really set aside, and we have to have that day. Yeah. Just as a break in between, and to remember remember who we are, to remember why we're doing what we're doing. What if a watermelon needs picking on a Sunday, though? I mean, there's nothing that urgent. I mean, there could be something that breaks. If there's something that breaks or, like, something happens with our chickens, obviously, we have to deal with that. But the overall tone of the day Mm. is not work. Oh, that's really good because that's, like, spirit of the law,
0: not... Word of the law, is that yeah. the language? It's not
1: like rigid where yeah. it's like don't turn on a light switch or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean we still like cook and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But those are things that are wonderful and enjoyable for us and ways that we connect like with our with our daughters. Like it's yeah. really like no distractions from work on that day. Like we're just together, you know, we go to church, we go on adventures. I we do our Sunday fun day waterfall adventures uh-huh. on Sundays a lot. Oh and we gosh. go like explore like all the Middle Tennessee waterfalls. We go on, like, joy rides and road yeah. trips and, yeah. and, kind of get away from the farm yeah. for the I Yeah, I mean, sometimes, and then sometimes we just stay there and, like, have a campfire with friends for, like, hours.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, I think that the beauty of the seasons is it, if we are, like, paying attention to them and living by them in some way, is it helps kind of dictate the rhythms mm. of our lives. Yeah. And, like I said, you don't have to live on a farm to, to do that, and that's... I'm really passionate about that and helping people see – helping people return to those foundational rhythms that draw us together. That is why I wrote The Kindred Life. That is the overall theme throughout the book is returning to these elemental practices Mm -hmm. that connect us. And Mm -hmm. they have connected us since the beginning of time. Being connected to creation and the land beneath our feet in some way. Um, Being connected to community and to – You know, just sharing meals around the table. That is like one of the big passions we have on the farm. And it's one of the ways that we've connected as humans face-to-face since the beginning of time. And all of those things take slowing down. They all take removing distractions, paying attention. So what do I do? Help me with this because you know this about me. I
0: don't like slowing down. I don't think it's fun. It's not, I'm I know myself well enough. I'm not avoiding something. I'm not like at this point in my life, I've done all my a lot of counseling work, not all of it, but I've done a lot of counseling work. So I'm not avoiding anything. I just don't think it's fun. Mm -hmm. And I really don't like winter. Winter is so like frustrating. It is it's not even that it's boring, it's that it's frustrating to me. Yeah. Because nothing, nothing's growing. We can't be outside. Yeah. We can't, there's not a lot to do. Mm -hmm. How have and you and Steven are that way in that. Mm-hmm. Once
1: spring gets here, y'all love the like. Yeah. And we're and ready. Grow. Like we're ready to like get our hands back into yeah. it. Yeah, How do I learn to love seasons I don't love? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I think we're all wired for that. So if we aren't able to rest or slow down, then maybe there's something that we're trying to fulfill there or like mm-hmm. a practice that we're trying to replace it with. Yeah. But I think we all have to have those times. And also, I don't think slowing down has to be boring. Right. So our like our version of slowing down is like having friends over yeah. and cooking together for like four hours. Yeah. It's not like sitting yourself by yourself in a room and not having any <laughs> social interaction right, right, or right. just like sitting there doing nothing. But Because there's got to be
0: people who hate summer the way I hate winter.
1: Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, honestly, as a farmer, summer's really hard for me. Like, so I hot. love winter now. I'm like, oh, my oh, goodness. It's cool. really I love winter. And maybe it is because I live by the seasons and I'm like, oh, I am so thankful for a break from bugs. I'm oh, thankful sure. for a break from heat. Bugs. I didn't even think about how much we do with bugs. <laughs> oh, my word. Because we're living outside. Like yeah. it is. And there is a beauty to winter I don't want to miss. Yeah. Um, And if you pay attention, you do see that there are things growing in winter. And I know that beneath those tarps in the soil, there's things going on in, mm. that, in that soil. Yeah. There's organisms like multiplying and getting ready. And like, there's a lot of active work happening in there. So I don't think slowing down is a boring thing at all. I think it is, um, I wrote in the book about slowing down to the speed of listening.
0: Wow! So it's not,
1: we're we're not just slowing down to, you know, be by ourselves and read a book all day. I mean, maybe to some people that might be boring. This is slowing down with the intention of connecting deeply Mm. with other people. Wow! And that is, That is what we do on our rest times and and every week too. Like that has to be built in. And we're really intentional about just inviting people over. And this isn't like a hosting thing or a performance thing. This is just about like welcoming people into your space in a real and authentic way and saying like, let's do this together. Like most of the time when we gather people, it's like, you bring this, you bring that. And like, we're all going to cook it together. Yeah. But you have to allow, you have to have time set aside for that. Like Mm -hmm. it takes an intentional carving out in your life to live a life of connection, to live a life that's um, more deeply connected to those rhythms and to -to face-to-face people. And so I think we're all struggling with that right now. And that's that's why I wrote this book, because we are struggling with, I mean, hello, isolation. Last few years, like we're all tired of it. It's it's done a lot of damage. We can't go with that. Like we can't keep doing that. We can only be isolated for so long busyness, distraction, chaos, social media. I mean, so many people are pulling back on there because we're realizing like we just can't, like it's taking so much from our actual daily lives and we're not as rooted and invested where it really matters. And so I really want this to be just a reclaiming of that and a return to those good things that draw us together. What do you know about God? Now that you didn't know before you started the farm. Oh, I love this question so much because I have seen so many beautiful analogies for faith since I became a farmer. Oh yeah, I I mean, well, one of them is is our dinners. Yes. So we do farm dinners on our land. We haven't even land. talked about how
0: Stephen is a chef. Oh, my chef We haven't even is, talked about it. Yes. Oh, he, his food is mind-blowing. <laughs> I've been to so many dinners he's been the chef for. And every course you're like,
1: how did you do this? I think that and I'm married to yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. He's like, I'm so glad I can still surprise you. I'm like, I literally don't know how you did this. Yes, yes. And like I watched you. So then you all um, have the dinners on the farm yes. once a season? So we do seasonal. So spring and fall, we've done summer dinners as well. We've done like artisan pizza dinners. Dinners yeah. As well, but um, yes, Stephen is a chef. Um, he's a private chef, and then we all also do these dinners on the farm called Kindred Dinners, and they are honestly that is where I see the kingdom on earth. I see a glimpse of the wow. kingdom on earth at these dinners. It is such a beautiful picture for uh, for me of just what we were created to do. Yeah. There's people that come to these dinners kn- that don't know each other. And so we be- do big, long tables. So our last one in the fall was like over 100 people. We've done up to oh 150. Gosh. Where do they park? Um, <laughs> This is really funny. We have an extra pasture oh, that we've okay. never used. And we're like, what is this even here for? It is now our parking lot pasture. Okay, it's like God was like, yep, that's your parking lot pasture <laughs> for all your dinners. <laughs> it's perfect. So, yeah, we um, – they're beautiful because we bring people together, all different people. I mean, we have, you know, all different ages of people, people that live all over, city, country, suburbia, whatever. And for a few hours, they're coming together around the table, around amazing farm-fresh food. A lot of it was grown, like, you know, 20 yards away. Yes, yes. It comes, you know, honey from the bees that they're, like, sitting there looking <laughs> at the hive right there. Right. And we're, like, carving honeycomb onto their plates. Um, oh so gosh. that's just a beautiful experience, but our heart is that people would come and just feel a level of connection to the land and to community. Yeah. So you're sitting across the table, like how often do we have a meal with someone we've never met before Yeah. and we're shoulder to shoulder with them at a table for hours. Yes. So this isn't just like a quick, like 30 minute thing. Right. We're like, we're not in a hurry here. So come and expect to spend a few hours at yes. Kindra dinners. Yes and it's going to unfold slowly. Like yeah. course by course, give you time in between to soak everything up, to take a little walk around the farm, go to the campfire and like really just talk to the people around you. Yeah. And listen, listen to other perspectives. We don't do that very much in yeah. our lives. Like yeah. we we stay with the people like our little pod and that's it. So it's a it's a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God on earth for me. I yeah. think that it's just a glimpse of that never-ending table, that like never-ending feast that, you know, is in Isaiah, like it's talked about in the Bible where one day we will sit down at that table yes. and it's for everyone. Yes. The table's for everyone. Everyone's welcome. There'll be no food allergies. there will yeah. be, you know, <laughs> eat like homemade pasta and we'll never get full. It'll be right. amazing. Um, so it's a beautiful picture of that for me every single time we do it. Yeah. And it is so much work and it's like, we're so drained, but like filled to the brim. Oh, I'm sure. I can't. I mean, feeding 150 yeah, people, yeah. that is unreal. Yeah. And the first, th- our first dinner was October 2017. And it was like, oh my gosh, you, you just had no vegetables yet. You just must no, have. No, we, so we started farming spring 2017. Like oh, we literally my gosh. broke ground on the first day of spring. Like we plowed up a blank field. Oh
0: my and gosh. And then
1: by the end of that season, October, we had grown like thousands of pounds of produce. <laughs> And we, like, we're at, like, I walked to the top of the hill and there's, like, a table as long as the the eyes can see. And it's, like, people are about to come. They bought tickets to come to our land. Yes. And sit around this table and, you know, eat, like, pork from the pigs that we've raised. And our salad that, like, I planted from seed. And so many people were involved in that dinner. Like, so many hands went into that. And, like, this beautiful orchestration of teamwork yeah and so it was it was like a really emotional experience at that first dinner oh, for sure just to see that culmination of, of that and so yeah so I I mean every time we have a dinner I'm yeah. like this is like the kingdom like yeah. and that's been one of the biggest shifts in my faith um in recent years is I kind of grew up in a faith tradition that was more like what we do here doesn't matter as much it's all about like you know evangelize and like get out of here like yeah. it's like our wow. home is in heaven which I believe that but now I see the significance of our life here on earth mm. so much more mm. and I think it matters what we do here yeah it matters when like we plant a field of wildflowers to yes. bring pollinators yes the time that we spend around the table matters you know the act of like digging our hands in the soil mm-hmm. and and planting something that's going to be food for someone yeah. that yeah. matters like those like visceral practices and ways that we connect with God through like actual tangible things. That's what I wanted people to feel like with what I wrote. Like I want them to feel like that tangible, tactile experience. Well, yeah, because all throughout our recipes and questions to ask yourself. and Lots of photos. Oh my gosh. Did you take all those? So a bunch of the photos are mine, like from my own personal archives. And then um, we did have two photographers. So my friend, Sarah, took all of the recipe photos and then yeah. our friend Jeremy took a bunch of the photos oh, too of course yeah so he did the cover shot which I love I mean
0: oh I love the cover <gasps> I mean one of my favorite things about being your friend in this process <laughs> is seeing the cover options yes and this yes. one we were all like oh yeah, Christine.
1: I know. I showed you. I love. I was so grateful you came to the farm that day because I was like, Annie, I need help. <laughs> so I like showed you two cover options, and I my heart, great. my heart was for that one. You know, I yes. wanted the hands yes. holding the flowers. Yes, but there were a lot of other opinions about another option. Yep. and you saw it, and you're like, oh, hands down, that it's one, gorgeous. Um, the, and I love how every chapter
0: you start with. This chapter is about community. This mm, chapter is about mm, diversity. The mm. cha- I mean, you just, like, yeah. in every. I'm seeing themes so clearly with you. I love that. You're setting the table for us, Mm. even in every chapter, Mm. of where to go. And then there's recipes all throughout that are... Yep. Did you put your... You didn't put any of your jam recipes in here, did you? Yes, strawberry (gasps) rosé jam is in there.
1: You should keep that. That should be a secret. (laughs) That is not fair to
0: the world. Well, we're all
1: about, you know, sharing the abundance. That is very Um, too kind of you because (laughs) that jam, that and
0: y'all's kimchi... Oh okay. my gosh We're not and putting the, the kimchi recipe in there <laughs> Good, yes And granola Oh my gosh Your granola yeah. is absolutely Thank you. my favorite Hey friends Just interrupting this conversation One last time To tell you about One of our incredible partners Indeed Is hiring challenging? Yes Do you love a challenge? Yes you do you need a hiring partner that can help you rise to that challenge you need indeed indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract interview and hire all in one place instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all find great talent faster through time-saving tools like indeed instant match and assessments and virtual interviews one of the things i love about indeed is how efficient it is i mean None of us are sitting around twiddling our thumbs with time to spare, right? Especially when you're trying to hire someone. Indeed does the hard work for you. When you pay to post a job, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you can only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. The right candidate is doing everything they can to find you. And if you use Indeed, you can be sure you're doing everything you can to find them, too. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast, including Downs Books and That Sounds Fun Network. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash sounds fun. The offer is good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply pay per qualified applicant, not available for all users need to hire you need indeed. And now back to our conversation with Christine. Christine. Tell me what y'all are growing this year. Like, what's coming up this year?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting because our first year we grew everything. I mean... 40 varieties of produce. Oh, my gosh. And we're in farmer's markets and all the whole bit. Yeah. And we just soon realized, like, that is not our lane. Our lane is not to just, like, pump out tons of produce for the sake of growing produce. So that's great if that is your lane. Yeah. But ours is more about, like, drawing people together, like, bringing people to the farm. That's why we brought the farm store to us. Yes. And so we grow things that we can feed people on a plate (laughs) at one of our dinners or through um, Stephen's clients. He uses tons of our ingredients with his own. He always tells. Yeah. It's awesome. Like,
0: I grew this, I grew this. Yeah, I or, like, this. the
1: story behind it. Like, yeah. the story behind what's on your plate. So we're intentionally growing things that work well with that yeah. or that we can make our cool artisan goods out of, like, right. kimchi. So we're growing tons of na- – we always grow Napa cabbage for kimchi, pepper, like, you know, hot peppers for that, green onions. And we always grow our salad mix, which is, like, so beautiful. Uh, like, giant roses. Like, yes. it's it's beautiful. Um, And then I've really tapped into, like, the things I love growing. Garlic. Yeah. Onions and tomatoes. No, garlic is really not that hard. And the amazing thing about garlic is you grow it once. Uh huh. So like from most people don't know like from a single clove of garlic, you plant a clove of garlic, and then you get a bulb of garlic from one clove. So then you now have another – you have a new bulb of garlic to then separate into cloves. Yes. So it's like you literally are multiplying every single year. Oh, my gosh. So- is it going to just take over, come down the hill with <laughs> all the garlic? <laughs> yeah. Well, then we eat – like so we eat a lot of it, but then we save the rest for seed. Oh, So once you buy seed – like garlic for seed once, you never really have to buy that again. Oh, my gosh. Because you just keep multiplying it every time. Yes. But the things that I really love growing um, tomatoes are like – my spirit. Oh my I, gosh, like, your tomatoes I are so them.
0: good, <laughs> Christine. No wonder.
1: I, now that you're saying that, I'm like, well, I can
0: taste it when I buy your tomatoes. They, like I can tell you love them.
1: <laughs> it's like heritage for me. So, I you know, I grew up in an Italian-American family in New Jersey. The things I love growing are like the things that were part of that culture. Yeah, that's like right. my my grandfather was an immigrant from Sicily and turned his entire yard into a tomato garden oh my gosh in New Jersey and so I don't know I just feel like it's in my blood growing yeah. those things and I love cooking with them um, I love the feeling the smells what you can make with them they're yeah. like the foundation of like yeah. so many amazing recipes so yeah and then my new passion is just flowers oh my gosh, like have I so many beautiful flowers. flowers yeah just zinnias dahlias Wildflowers galore! Like we've we just like keep adding wildflower fields yeah. because they're just so happy and bringing all those pollinators, um, bees and butterflies and all different kinds of bugs really helps our produce to grow better. Oh, really? So having mm-hmm. all the flowers around the produce mm-hmm. brings in all this extra. Yeah, because we need pollinators to pollinate our vegetables.
0: Wow. So, like,
1: tomatoes cannot exist without pollinators. None of our food can exist without pollinators. Did you have to, like, read books to learn all this? Oh, my gosh. I So a lot of it was through books. Yeah. Um, we didn't even talk about our background in Texas before I came here, but we started working with farmers in Texas. Oh, yeah. Because um, y'all, y'all had a store in Texas, I remember. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So once I first met Stephen and moved to Dallas, we ended up starting a business called Urban Acres, Urban Acres. there. Yep. And we started an organic produce co-op out of just our trips to Texas Farms on Saturday mornings. We're like, oh we like became passionate about the local food movement after seeing the Food Inc. documentary. Yes. That lit a fire in us and we're like, okay, we're just gonna go find where our local farmers live. Yeah. And so we just started driving there on Saturday mornings and going to their farms and like buying bread and fresh eggs mm-hmm. and cheese and like all their beautiful sweet potatoes with dirt still on them and all yes. that. So that's where our passion grew there. And then we built this business out of it. It was literally like friends in a parking lot. Like they would be like, can you bring us back stuff too? And oh, so we're gosh. like, okay, what do you want to order? And then it yeah. started from like just us getting the food and then bringing it for friends. And then we actually started a produce co-op yeah. out of it. And started to build community through food in the city and working with local farmers intimately there. So like we would go to their farms and learn from them yeah. and like have tours and, like go help them harvest things. So we learned a lot from that. Um, and then we ended up building a farmstead in the city. So we love to say, like, we farmed on concrete because we did. Like, right in the middle of Dallas, we built a quarter-acre urban farm. We had um, aquaponics, greenhouse. We had bunnies. We Uh had chickens. We grew, like, all kinds of food for our artisan pizza. Like, that's where we started our artisan pizza night. That's where we started our cinnamon rolls and granola. Oh, my gosh. Those Um, cinnamon rolls.
0: People aren't even ready. They're so good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's where we started that recipe, and just just like have perfected it over like ten years time. Yes, but um, Stephen can make that in his sleep now. Oh, I've done it so many times. Um, but yeah, so that's where we kind of we learned a lot just like by doing it. Yeah, and by. Like, kind of being mentored by other farmers. But when we came here, we had never, like, created a whole farm ourselves. What made you move back to Nashville? I don't think I remember. So, you know, it was one of those times, kind of like we were talking about before, we just knew it was time for Urban Acres to come to an end. Yeah. And we knew the door was closing. It was, like, so many things that were happening that were showing us it was time to move on. And I'd always wanted to return to Nashville. Yeah. But at the same time, it was scary. Like, I did not... Want to uproot our lives. I loved our house there. I loved the community we'd built there over, yeah. like, 11 years in our in our home in that urban neighborhood. I'd found every ounce of beauty I could in Dallas-Fort yeah. Worth, like, every ounce of green space I could find. So it, when the time came, I, it was scary to make yeah. that leap. Yeah. But I just knew that it was, like, the next – it was, like, you know, you know. And God's, like, okay, I have something more for you, but you yeah. have to take the leap and you have to trust me and just be brave. Yes. And so we did, and we – um. It took a year of transition. We, like, lived in a rental house in Thompson Station. But over that you year... Did just drive around looking for farms? We literally... Okay, so literally we moved here with no job. No place to oh live. Gosh. Literally no plan. We're like, we have friends in Nashville. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what we got going for us. It's <laughs> awesome. our people. As long as we have people, we're good. And yeah, we just kind of figured it out when we got here. Stephen ended up getting a job at Homestead Manor as the farm director there yeah. for a year. And so he got to farm there yeah. while we were looking for our own land. And then one day I just saw that pop up on Zillow. I was like, oh, oh my, my word, I haven't seen this one before and it popped up and i was like oh we have to go see this yeah and i we came to santa fe we'd heard that santa fe was really beautiful there's lots of hills yeah. it's outside of nashville but still close enough to be kind of connected totally. and it's very easy to go to the farm on a yeah. saturday i mean yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. A, and it's a beautiful oh, jen and i so who we, we always
0: come together we yeah. go to starbucks and we get our coffee or tea in the morning yeah. and then we drive down Thirty
1: minutes, forty minutes. Yeah. And it's, it's just so beautiful. beautiful. It's the best thing to do on a Saturday. Oh, I love it. The Rolling Hills and it's it's so beautiful. And so we were like, Oh my word, this place is amazing. And I stepped foot on our what is now our land. I stepped foot on the grass and I was just like, Yes. Uh-uh. Just, it I just knew. Yeah. And I just was knew Was the barn already painted? Did it already say Santa Fe? No, Fiona? there wasn't a barn. Oh,
0: y'all built that barn it was barn. just the house? Just the house.
1: Wow. Okay. And a I blank field that. behind it. Oh, my gosh. There was nothing. And we just were like, this is it. Like, I just knew it was the place where we were going to literally start from scratch again. Yes. and You've done that so much. (laughs) I love that you saw that. I didn't even see that. (laughs) Um, But it was really neat because someone else that read the book said that it was like layer upon layer upon layer. And I hadn't seen that either. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that is so true. And, like, how cool that our lives are that. It's like just another layer in the story. Yeah.
0: Because it almost feels like when God invites you to whatever's next. I mean, yeah, this this will probably yeah. be it forever, but there will be pieces that are new. Yeah. What you know about yourself is, oh, yeah, God always invites me to start from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, he's invited us to this thing that we start from
1: scratch. I mean, yeah. that is And he knows us. Wild. Like, he knows yes. who we are yes. and what we truly – like, he knows what we want before we even do. Yeah. And so – I don't know. I, but it does take that step. Yeah. Like, we have to make the step to be like, yep, I'm going all in. Yes. And that's that was the hardest thing for me to embrace was, like, just pushing back against the fear and the unknowns and, like, how are we going to have community out here? Yes. Well, guess what? You're going to build community and more people are going to come here than have ever come. Yes. <laughs> way out here where you are afraid of being isolated. You're yes. actually way, like – it's more. It's more abundance, more than you could ever have imagined. Yeah. But it takes a lot of hard work.
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, Every time you go out there, for our friends who live in the area that have not been yet y'all need to load up and go it's is it every saturday of the summer
1: Yep, from usually april to october we always announce the open date like on our email list but yes we need to get everybody on that email list yeah we'll we'll put it in link in the show notes. thank you but yeah every saturday morning from 9 to 12 yes and we're there and people are working there are other people who y'all employ yeah sometimes we're like doing farm stuff (laughs) Um, sometimes steven's cooking for a dinner in the barn we have a commercial kitchen in our barn now but we're always out there, and it is so fun. Like I, I like writing the chapter I wrote about the farm store. Actually, made me teary-eyed yeah. because I love it so much. And I'm an introvert, but like I am a social introvert, so yes. like I love meeting neighbors. Yeah, that's why it's nine community. to twelve. You yes. like, don't show up at three. <laughs> <Yeah>. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Twelve. I am done. I'm back <laughs> to being an introvert. But um, but during that time, it's so amazing because we meet people from all different places with all different stories. Yeah. And we love talking, like, to get to, like, just face-to-face talk with people and hear their stories and, like, give them space to just wander and connect and, like, let the land speak to them, let God speak to them through creation. We're just really providing the space. And the farm store is kind of like our love letter to the community now. How do we, wherever we live, so for the the people who can't drive to you Mm -hmm. on Saturday. Yeah
0: how do we find local farmers? What if we live in New York city or what if we live in LA? Like how do we support
1: local farmers? Well, yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, even in big cities like New York, there are farmer's markets everywhere. Okay. I mean, some of the best farmer's markets in the entire country are in New York City. In oh, wow. Manhattan, like Union Square Market. Oh, my and gosh. There's so many amazing ones. And um, Stephen's sister actually lives in Astoria, Queens. Uh-huh. And so we've been to visit her quite a few times. And it was so inspiring. There are, like, these amazing community gardens popping up just, like, in the middle of a city street. Yeah. Like, you know, chain link fence. And then behind that is like all these little spaces where neighbors are doing their own little plot in the middle of the city. So even if you don't want to grow your own, supporting people that are doing that, supporting your farmers... Can you we Google we, it? Is that is it yeah. is there like oh, yeah. a database of um yeah, Local, local Harvest. Farms? Local okay. Harvest has a great list of those online. But when we were in Dallas, that's what we did. I mean, yeah. we lived in one of the biggest cities there is. There were food deserts in Dallas. Oh wow. Um we worked a lot in food deserts there. So there maybe there's ways to like even help organizations that are getting fresh food to people that that can't get it. Can't, okay. But yeah, there's ways that we can all do that. And, you know, I'm not out here to convince everyone to like grow a garden. I think that that's a beautiful thing that you can do. But I think everyone can grow just something. Yeah. Even if it's just like an herb. like it, you I know, have two plants like, in my house right now. I love it. Keeping
0: alive two plants. <laughs> Maybe this will be my
1: summer <laughs> that I try to grow something else because I live in a condo. I don't even have a yard. <laughs> yeah. But I can grow herbs on my porch. Yeah, right? exactly. I okay. mean, and what's so funny is people I always laugh about this because I feel like I can grow, like, an entire 100-foot row of lettuce, uh-huh. but I, like, cannot keep a house plant alive. <laughs> I'm like, one single plant, I don't know what to do with you. But a row. I got all this lettuce. I know what to do yeah. with that. Because if, like, one of them doesn't work, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, it's like, I've got, like, 95. Yeah, more. that's right. <laughs> So when people ask me houseplant advice, I'm like, I don't have any yeah, information no, no, no. for you. You're like, but if you
0: wanted to do strawberries, yes, all oh, patch of yes I can help you
1: grow tomatoes like on your patio in a pot. Oh man, I um, love it. And
0: so people can go grab their copies. Yes. Recipes, stories. And i like you even say here's how you do your own kindred dinners.
1: Yes, that's the very end because that's what I want to leave people with. This is something you can do where you are. Yes. All it takes is opening the door. This does not have to be an intimidating thing. Right. It's just about welcoming people in and then, like, letting letting things unfold naturally. Because, yeah. like I said, these are things that we were built to do. And if we just provide the space for them, yes. it will unfold. Yes. And so that's what I really want to help people do with that. Um, yeah. Just your own kindred dinner, your own gathering in a real authentic way. I've given you simple, rustic recipes yeah. to go with that. And, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I love it.
0: Well, boss, thank you for being on the podcast today. I'm very grateful. Thank you for giving me a job. 2008. I love it. I'm very grateful. You were my first boss in Nashville.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Um, The last question we always ask. Yes. Because the
1: show is called That Sounds Fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you. Okay. So what sounds fun to me is, this is what always sounds fun to me, is going on adventures with my people. Yeah. So... It is spring right now. My favorite way is to do that in spring. We love going on spring joyrides. Okay. So I talked about this a little bit earlier. Just like windows down? Oh, my word. Windows down, sunroof open, a drink, some snacks, and just drive. Like, no destination. And yes, you can do this in the city, too. Yes. But yeah, we love doing that. We do that a lot on Sunday afternoons. Yeah. So I just love that time with, like, I think any time we can build in things where we don't know what time it is anymore. Oh, It is one of my favorite things
0: on Sunday afternoons or on Saturday afternoons when I don't know what time it is.
1: Isn't it the best though? Like we have to have that like break from schedules and like looking at our watch and our phone. Oh, I'm telling you my, my
0: truest sign that I'm interested in a guy is if I don't wear my watch on the day.
1: That's what I'm like. Oh, I
0: don't lie. I don't, I, I totally trust you. Number one. And I really like you because I did not wear my watch.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I love that. But that, and then just like hours around the campfire with yeah. friends in the Where's same the campfire? Like, why is my brain not pictured? um it's right where the farm store is i was about to say is it down by uh-huh. the farm store okay yep okay, there's okay. kind of like that concrete yes. um pad there yes. and we just set up there and it's another one of those times where it's i love those moments where like friends show up and you're like we have the entire night yes and yes. there's no time limit and there's no agenda yes and it's just we're going to cook some food together and yeah. share it and we're going to sit around and talk and like have the time and space to really listen. And invest in one another. That's, like, always what sounds so fun to me. What do I not know about making s'mores that I should know? <laughs> what do you not know? Use really good ingredients. Okay. High-quality ingredients. So you I don't use, say. like,
0: basic graham crackers? <laughs> y'all use, like, fancy – does Stephen like, make graham crackers?
1: Um, You know, I don't think we have made our own graham crackers. He can. I'm I, sure y'all I'm can, sure can do good. But, yeah, I would just say, like, the best quality you could get. Okay. With the simplest ingredients. Okay. The best quality marshmallows you can get. And, like, the best quality chocolate. Okay. That's just it. just like level up in every way. Level up yeah. and give that marshmallow plenty of time to get kind of charred. Yeah. I know there's a team that does not like charred marshmallows, but it's the only way. Oh, I'm like slow, <laughs> slow, slow bird. Yes, that's yeah. what I want. I want the whole inside to be gooey, yeah. and then I want
0: to fry the outside. Yeah. When a kid's then...
1: like running around with like a flaming marshmallow, that's gonna be the perfect s'more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I can't wait for friends to get the book. And every Saturday, we'll see you down at the Kendra Farm. See you at Kinder Farm. Oh, I can't, can't wait. wait to meet Thanks, you. friend. I love you. I'm proud of you. Oh, I'm proud of you. Thank oh, you so much, you. Annie. You guys, isn't she the best? I couldn't have asked for a better boss. I absolutely love Christine and her new book and Kindred Farms. Oh, I just adore her. I love when my friends become friends with my friends. And today feels like the day that I just get to introduce you to a friend you are going to love. Hey, be sure to grab your copy of The Kindred Life. It comes out next week. I cannot wait. And follow Christine on social media. Tell her thanks so much for being on the show. And next time you're in Nashville area, on a Saturday during the summer, spring or fall. Meet me down at Kindred Farm. It is one of my very favorite places. But for now, you can get the book, The Kindred Life, and see it and experience it and just fall in love with it. And Christine, if you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie updowns Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same today. What sounds fun to me? Well, now my brain is only dreaming of going to Kindred Farm, so I'm headed there Saturday for sure. So that's what I'm dreaming of, and what sounds fun to me is going down. I think this weekend I need some granola, and I hope she has some tomatoes. It may be early for tomatoes, but I'll grab some vegetables, some granola, and some wildflowers. She makes these beautiful bouquets. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, that's my weekend. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. We're going to talk business. Y'all keep asking for some business conversations. We're talking business on Monday with my brilliant friend, Tim Scher. We'll see you guys then. Y'all have a great weekend. Yeah, I like that.